Welcome to the very first episode of the Cuddle Punk Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Vex. For this very special, very first episode of the Cuddle Punk Podcast, it is over 100 degrees here in Chicago, so we had to get the hottest new band in all of Chicago. Ellie, Peach, and Dean from Meridia are here. Everybody introduce yourself. Say hi. Hello. Hi. Did that even pick up? My, my thing didn't go green. <laughs> it definitely picked up. I think. Okay. Good. All right, so... The whole time that I have been hearing about Meridia existing, I have kind of been thinking about it as, like, kind of a Chicago supergroup in a way, where, like, you have people from Normalcy, you have people from Cleveland Avenue, you have people from a bunch of different, like, Chicago bands in this band at this point. What is the, like, specific story of, like, Meridia coming together as it is right now? Oh, man. so That's a great question. <laughs> I mean, if we're, long answer. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about like the specific group right now, it started. Well, actually, no, even before that, because you met Adam and this Kevin is... from Cleveland. Fuck. Yeah. Because like this... we, we met for normalcy. This is approximately no less than the fourth Meridia. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so I started uh, I, I started Meridia back somewhere in the realm of like, 2017 2018 i had been through like bands and stuff um but like things just you know sometimes you don't you know it, it doesn't go your way and i've always been in a boat where like i've joined bands as opposed to being there for the start uh for a lot of them so i started meridia because i wanted to you know have something that i could really uh you know make mine and the next fuck probably like four or five years were just processes of getting lineups and things don't work out and the timing's always wrong and blah 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 um and then in 2021 i met adam i joined cleveland avenue uh, that's how i met adam and kevin and mod um and then through mod i ended up meeting dean uh, i had started i'd say probably in like june of 2021 i came back to meridia and i started it up with adam and kevin and a couple of buddies from bands that i had been in in like the year or two prior and they didn't end up sticking around. Um, so it kind of went on the back burner. And then I met uh, I met Dean uh, playing in Normalcy uh, with Mod, and we got Dean on. Um, kept up with that lineup up until this, what, like September, August, September last yeah. year. We're about a year, pretty close to a year to the day to bring yeah, Ellie on. Of, yeah, of this, of this lineup. That's when, that's when we had Ellie come on. Um, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> All, all things considered, this this Viridia is still pretty young, and, and thankfully the only one that's uh, that's accomplished something so far. So, uh, it's a it's a it's a long path, but we're uh, we're finally there, or at least for for us, it feels like oh my god, we're finally there. Yeah, it's like we we haven't like done anything public until obviously like a month ago, but it's like how the hell have we been through so much without like doing nothing? <laughs> I remember being like one of the first people that you followed on Twitter in like April of this year. Yeah. And then everything else started coming kind of after that. Like you would hear like little bits and pieces of like, oh, these people have something like cooking that's going to be really cool for the end of the summer. Yeah, because I remember telling you a bunch of it like emo night whenever we we go to beauty bar like just info dumping on you when I'm like a couple more shots deep. <laughs> That's kind of what this show is, is people info dumping on me when, when they're a couple of more shots deep. Real. <laughs> yeah. But to kind of like add on like what PJ was saying, like I, I still remember like very like clearly like that first normalcy practice for like that show, 
like within an hour of like us meeting pj's like hey you got a band I'm like nah he's like you want one i'm like sure <laughs> <laughs> a pretty quick exchange yeah it, it honestly was like we that's probably a little bit exaggerated but also like not that much <laughs> i i mentioned it in passing and then we didn't talk for a month and then i sent you a message and you were like yep yeah and the next thing i know i had tabs in my email a whole bunch of guitar pro oh yeah we know that peach wanted to start the band we know that dean was like a little bit later on ellie what was your introduction to meridia so um, one of the folks that was involved in the lineup at one point um, had actually introduced me to the rest of the group. Um, and there was, I think, I think it was one, one or two songs that they were like, because background, I, I've been in the tribute cover band scene for a while uh, in a band called Sealed by Emo. Um, and so I kind of um, gained a little bit of traction from that. and met this person and uh, got brought into this project and i think there were two songs that they gave me and said hey we're not really sure what to do with these as of right now but you know go crazy see what you come up with and hit us back and um i think i sent back the first one and, and that was it like it was september of 2022 knocked it out of the park in fucking 24 hours I... gave it <laughs> yeah you were you were you were at like the next practice after you sent that I, we, like yeah. we heard that and we were like all right oh we're yeah, yeah for sure i think it yeah. was right. i think it was like i i don't know if it was 24 hours i, I think it was like three days wasn't very long quick it wasn't long at was all even that long. yeah but yeah it was it was like i i just jumped on it because it was like oh as soon as i heard the music i i knew that this was like the right place for me and i just i needed to knock it out of the park so i like just really crunched hard on it i'm fascinated by you saying that you were or are in like a tribute band in chicago i feel like it doesn't really get brought up that much how massive the like cover band scene is in chicago can you give like a little like i know a decent amount about it from people that i've known who have been in these bands can you give like an idea of what the chicago cover band scene is like because it's absolutely insane um it is insane there's a, there's a lot of bands a lot of different groups um I, I the tribute scene is is great the cover scene is great i mean you'll you'll always have other bands to play with there's always bars um and venues that are looking for shows and i i i've really enjoyed i've been in the cover scene for five years and field by emo has kind of made a name for themselves in, in that world but i've sort of reached a point where um you know performing other people's music is, is really fun especially when it's artists that you love but it just there comes a point where you feel like you have to put some of yourself into it more of yourself into it and it's not as gratifying as creating and and practicing and performing your own songs is and so that's what led me here and it really joining the tribute scene being in a cover band was something that i did because i was in a place five or six years ago where i had come out of college and i wanted to make music but i didn't know anybody and what's the easiest way to make connections play music that a lot of people know meet other musicians and then if you find other like-minded people that enjoy the same artists that you do and are inspired by the same people you know eventually like if you surround yourself with musicians you will just like those people just happen to you you know 
And that's kind of what happened. That's awesome. You said that the like those first two songs were the ones that really got you into and like being interested in the band. Dean was telling me when we saw each other at Lollapalooza that some of the songs or a lot of the songs on this first EP are actually like leftovers from Cleveland Avenue. I'm really interested in the way that like if a song is written for one band and then ends up getting used for another band, what's that like process like? Is there any sort of discussion that goes on there with the other bands? For me, uh, because like going into to Cleveland, I was there for the two singles that that we did uh, directly following uh, the things Better Left on Sad being released. And so we did, we went in and we did Lucy and we did Colors. Um, I had written Colors like a front to back and Lucy was one that they had been working on, you know, for a little while prior to me even joining the band. They had it in the back pocket for a long time. And so we go to the studios and we put those, those two out and that's cool. Uh, following that, pretty much everything that, you know, Cleveland was was looking at were things that I had just kind of like bunked down in my garage and, and wrote. And so I had this week, two week span in March of last year where I wrote like, it was like, it ended up being like 10 or 11 songs and like, in like two weeks. And I, I threw them into a pile and I was like pitching stuff to Cleveland left and right. And a lot of, a lot of um, Cleveland ended up taking and the other half they ended up not taking. And so that half that I ended up not taking, I actually started an entire different band. I was going to start this other band called Bella Noir with some friends that had actually already been in Meridia at one point. I kind of wanted a project where I could just spit fire, put music out as, as fast as I could comfortably write it. And then that ended up falling through. So it was, I, I had ended up, I had all these extra songs. Um, and then I ended up leaving Cleveland Avenue. Um, and when I did, I, I took a lot of the stuff that we were looking at. Cleveland Avenue was going in a different direction. So I took all, took all of my stuff with me and ended up saying, well, I still have like, I still have these 10 songs that are still really good and I want to put them out. I don't want to let them go to waste. Uh, so the version of Meridia that we had at the time, we were still called Echo Point at the time. And so we sat down, we, we looked at those and we kind of made a, a plan for, you know, we could put these five out as the EP and then you could put these two together and you could follow it up with these as singles. And there's a, there's a certain trajectory for style that I kind of want to hit over the course of our releases because I have so much planned up and I want to be able to do like a smooth transition so we ended up looking at it and thinking well starting from this point this pop punk point and growing into a sound from there is going to make a nicer smoother projection uh so we ended up a lot of it was pretty much me going back and forth a thousand times trying to figure out what I wanted to do I'm still going back and forth with them and confirm <laughs> trying to figure out exactly what I want to do and I'm probably making them tear their fucking hair out. Just making sure, as we are recording this for the audience at home, the EP comes out tomorrow as we're recording this. Or just not the EP, the... The show. The show is tomorrow. Yeah, the show is tomorrow. And then yeah. when does the EP come out? The EP has been uh, a massive victim of Murphy's Law. So the... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into that question then, because I have heard this is your guys' first EP. Uh, obviously, every band's first EP uh, goes completely flawlessly, and there are no problems whatsoever. So I'd, I'd love for you to describe just the, like, just road of rainbows and candy canes that you guys have been walking on while creating <laughs> this EP. It's been a walk in the park. Yeah. Yeah. my Diet uh, Coke before we answer this one. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, need, I need wine. I'm going to get wine. Yeah. 
wine. Is that okay? I'm gonna get wine. Pause this and get wine. I've been smoking since the, we started, babe. The emotional support beverage. I am fully prepared to expose my pajama nice. pants. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's been a process. It's been a couple processes, quite literally. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so when we like first took on this EP, we were like, you know, okay, let's like, we weren't expecting it to be a year and a half in the making. We're like, okay, we'll throw these together. Like, these are pretty complete songs instrumentally. Like, PJ will give us like the skeletons and, you know, give us a little bit of a leash to fuck with things. Here's the thing PJ writes good songs, so we don't normally have to do a whole lot. So, like, the songs are pretty much like 90% faithful to what PJ had down. So there wasn't much work to do, but obviously like lyrics and all that. And we had Kevin doing vocals at the time. So we were, you know, writing lyrics from scratch. And then we were like, okay, well, let's just like self-produce it. Let's get, let's get this out. And then, you know, we kind of had a lot of trial and error, mostly error in like kind of the recording process. Like we would record sometimes in the room, but then we'd also record like remotely just at our houses, which when you're using like different interfaces and shit different like he like we record with like the direct at the line six helix pj and i were using like different tones and everything you know neither of us really knew what we knew now about the unit and then just in general when you like transferring things from different machines files get corrupted things don't line up right away so we went through if we're including this round like the final revisions like we've probably done like five or six re-recordings of the ep honestly at least yeah at least and then adam did drums twice and yeah. then we ended up doing uh program drums yeah so <laughs> and then also in that time period we had yet more lineup changes because yeah. like, obviously like we had brought in ellie and then we went mostly back to square one with like the vocals but like a lot of like kevin's original work actually did make it on there which I'm really happy about because like Kevin had a pretty good start, but yeah. And then when, when Ellie came in, it was like, it was the shot in the arm that we kind of needed to like really fucking bring everything to the next level. Cause like instrumentally, these songs are sick. And then, you know, when you have fucking Ellie's voice on there, it's like, God damn. Like, so we had a lot of it was like good for good change. Like obviously bringing on some like to Ellie. Those singles, Ellie, don't be covering your face now. Yeah. He's absolutely right. Yeah. Oh God, I have the worst. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't even don't know. Look at me. Not yeah, literally. Like, I'm just like, oh. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. take my compliments and like it, goddamn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, and I, you know, I think what makes, I think the the secret sauce that is Meridia at this point, this iteration, is really just mine and Peach's imposter syndrome. <laughs> I'm sipping the head, dog. Oh, yeah. Smoking that imposter pack here. But yeah, just to kind of, to kind of put a bow. open a new card as we speak. Oh, yeah. A dart bother. Yeah. So to kind of put a bow on, like, where that kind of led us as far as recording. So we got into a point where we're like, okay, well, this whole DIY shit isn't really working. So we, like, reached out to producers to, like, try to, you know, get them at least mixed and mastered. Like, so we still did the recording ourselves. And then that's when we did, like, the real, like, okay, we're going to do this better now. So we recorded on like one machine in the same room. We were taking DIs. I spent like three hours cooking up Helix tones. So like we had everything from our end pretty bulletproof, but then just, you know, time frames just weren't working out with like the producers and all that shit like that, which is, you know, we totally get like, we were 
you know, everyone has been good sports about it and all that, but it's like, goddamn, like yet more setbacks. And then kind of in that time, like Adam, like his mixing and mastering abilities, like really just started to take off. And, you know, after we sort of split with the last producer, Adam was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to do it. And yeah, here you go. Now you have an EP. And Big he crushed shout out it. to Adam, who uh, has produced, yeah, produced uh, <laughs> Change in Scenery, produced the whole Razzle Dazzle. Uh, he's working on getting uh, everything sorted out for the rest of the EP right now. So I do, but with, you know, going to a, a few different people now and, you know, I haven't been able to get a result. I, I know he's like in the band or whatever, but very grateful. Have you ever heard of a band great. producing their own music? That's disgusting. <laughs> that's off ground like i do like enjoy the recording process like oh i will share i will share because it was so heartbreaking and because like so i was i i i ended up recording all the vocals here in my apartment what's sad is that i purchased a slate ml1 emulating microphone for the ep specifically for the ep so that i could get like the best microphone to like I'm like we're gonna go full production right like this or so full self-production like let me get the best mic i can it's just gonna sound so smooth i can like emulate some classic 87 it'd be great my cats tipped the mic stand and broke the mic the first day i used it <clears throat> so i had to use my sure sm7b <laughs> For those who anyway. don't know gear um the mic that she mentioned first all you need to know is expensive and then I ended up, oh, I was like, it was this whole thing because I bought it off of Reverb. Don't buy anything with really fancy plug-in stuff connected to it on Reverb. Don't do it. Buy it new. That's right. PSA. <laughs> there's any lesson to be taken from the story of Meridia, it mean it seems to be that the gear doesn't necessarily matter that much. Yeah, I mean, you're you're talking to like probably the biggest gear nerd that any of these people know. Because, like, I That's agonize fair. over shit like that. Like, I again, I, I couldn't tell it by the periphery flag in the background, buddy. There's a couple of them, actually. There's three. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I, I, when we like decided on this new process, I was like, okay, I'm going to go through the Helix, mix and match cabinets and amps, and like get just the best four heavily distorted tones I can get. And then I was like, okay, I'm grabbing all reliable. The fucking the cost the PRS custom twenty four that's done literally everything with me and like the one guitar I have that PJ will play sitting down because he doesn't like these. <laughs> um, I see that look. Like the recording process since has been really fun because like I, I love like bouncing shit off like with Adam and all that and like trying just like little like studio like ear candy like spice racking the parts like that shit's really really fun and just adding in like little layers so. The new process has been enjoyable, albeit time-consuming, and we're not happy that we have to do it. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will never, ever, never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever self-produce ever again. Yeah, this one time is enough. This after, yeah. yeah, after the the avalanche of bullshit, anything that we have tried to do has caused. Next time, we're going to go sit on some dude's couch, play a couple little songs, and just let God work the rest out. Small anecdote. I have two cats, one fat one, one regular one, and I have to, like, keep them separated when they eat. Got to keep them separated. That's all. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> there's always, whenever you have two cats, it's always, like, there's the one, like, 
spry, like, energetic one and the one that just wants to fuck off and sleep. Mm-hmm. He knows both of those. Yeah. I'm surprised oh. he hasn't come to say hi yet. <laughs> I'm surprised, too. Yeah, no, Nico's home. Nico and Taylor are here, so that's probably keeping mm. him at bay. He usually greets me as soon as I walk in, but I didn't see him yet. I don't know. He might, he might come over. Last time I had to sit down to get my laptop, when I had a job interview, he was, like, biting my ankles the whole time. He's a wild man. He will, like... He literally at your feet yeah he's crazy. he's feral oh, take he's a look at this wild. real quick this is what my uh cat wyatt did to me uh when i first got him for the first like six That's months real. that i had him when he wasn't neutered real wait those are scars yeah baby i also i'm i'm autistic as hell so i do pick at my scabs so like this is partially my fault but oh. also bruh <laughs> dude that's rough Cats are, uh, cats are, cats are metal as hell. Let me they tell really you. are. <laughs> I've had some, some good ones. killing machines just mm-hmm. made stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, because Tino was feral, and, like, we don't get it, because he's not very smart, he's not very fast. Like, how did he, we don't know, like, how he made it. Like, <laughs> I, we've always wondered, like, I, someone, I forget who mentioned it, but they're like, yo, you ever wondered what Tino's kill count is? <laughs> What's the KD, bro? Yeah, with this Katie, it's pretty. It's got to be pretty decent. He made it this long to get fucking pampered for the rest of his life. That's our fault, though. We see the thing and we see that it's cute and like, oh, I will be your slave for the rest of my life. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. when he gets a hold of you, if he wants to fuck you up, he will fuck you up. So I guess that's what he has. But like, he's he's pretty easy to evade. In your guys's Twitter bio, it says like a mix of post hardcore and pop punk. Peach, from what it sounds like you guys are, and from what I've also just heard about this EP, this EP is probably going to be the most, like, pop-punk-sounding thing that you guys put out. It's going to lean more into, like, the post-hardcore side of things. There seems to be a trend of, like, almost exclusively pop-punk bands, at least in this scene, kind of shifting gears and going into other directions. I know... Uh, Cut Your Losses, their album that they put out this year, they've said is their, like, swan song to their pop-punk era. What is it that you think is, like, making people kind of want to leave pop-punk behind besides, you know, all of the bad things? Yeah. <laughs> we can just skip besides over that. Besides everything. I, I, I can add on to this. Everything about every person <laughs> in the scene. Dean like usually has the most to say about that. I, feel. I I'll let I can let I'll let PJ tackle this one first because these are his songs, but I can true, add on yeah. considerably. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like it to me it kind of feels almost like a regularly scheduled exodus. I I feel like pop punk as a whole has seen this happen a few times over its history, where there's it, it's one of those things that I think comes in and out, and that's not necessarily um, a bad thing. Um, because when when you have those outs and those bands start and do other things, a lot of them will bring you shit that's really really cool. So, I I'm always um, I'm always a fan of seeing bands do something different uh, with within a certain within a certain reason. I'm still picky as hell. I'm a hundred percent a your old shit was better kind of guy. Um, but I'm I'm also a big believer that you can only do the same thing so many times. And I think that I think pop punk in and of itself is, you know, the kind of place that, you know, it's a good starting point. It's a good place to build from, you know, I, I can't speak for anybody else, but for me, for what my, for what my style is and, and what I like to do, I just, I think there's so much more to be done in the span of, in the span of three and a half minutes. And you only get, 
you know, uh, you only get five opportunities in EP or 10 or 12 opportunities in LP to do something cool with those three and a half minutes, five or six times or whatever it is. And for me, anything that ends in core is probably something that I fuck with really hard and I'm taking some piece of it in some way or another and trying to to force it into this this clusterfuck of uh of influences that i'm stuck with i would and describe then... what you guys are doing right now is very much easy core yeah 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 it's a starting out point but again that's you know that that was also coming from a point where i was also trying to write something that was going to be you know i was trying to write for cleveland at the same time um and and a lot of that pokes through in what you get with scenery there is a couple of tracks on there that even when I was writing them, I, I kind of had a feeling that Cleveland wasn't going to take them because they felt so much more like me than they did like Cleveland. All right, Dean, start your rambling about why pop punk sucks. Okay, so here's the thing, because kind of it kind of does tie to like what BJ was saying about how like it comes and goes. I think we're hitting that point where it's going because when I like really started getting obsessive into pop punk, now like I grew up loving like metal like from the 80s and shit, and then also just what was happening in 2000s like with Avenged and like Bullet for My Valentine. And then obviously, like, at the time, like, I was listening to Paramore and My Chem nonstop. Nothing has changed. Let's get that out of the way here first. <laughs> but, like, kind of coming out of, like, the, the late 2000s and then going in, like, the early 2010s, that's kind of when, like, the, what, probably the current wave of pop punk that's dying, that's kind of when that was, like, coming about. So, like, story, like, story so far, neck deep, state champs, like, that shit and, like, that lightning in a bottle from the early 2000s, like, the early 2010s. I think is like that shit is just go to god tier like early not like knuckle puck up to like copacetic fucking the first two state champs records the first two you know sorry so far records like that was awesome and then that sort of started the current wave and like especially as like those bands kind of drift away like it's starting to just become stale again I think that's probably just ultimately what's happening it's just that lightning in a bottle that they caught is just going away and like the bands themselves know it like probably know it too like like the story so far i know they released a song recently haven't listened to it yet i won't lie to you I but think... like proper dose like <clears throat> dude like is there even a fucking d beat in that record <laughs> i've started i called what proper dose started like the flower boy era of pop punk with like your grayscale or like fucking, yeah i don't know grayscale i guess just sleep on like, it counts like, we're not gonna talk like, about fucking sleep yeah, on ooh, it, that's another one we it's can, kind of like this there. like this like pop punk with like an indie sensibility to it that's like a starting to become more popular a little bit like a little bit of that and Front also bottom like Z type shit yeah yeah but it's like I, a little bit of that and then also I, just like an emphasis on like so like pop type production too like a lot of new pop punk is very heavily produced and i just kind of don't really fuck with that i think that uh, like as as i look at um artists that are coming into the mainstream now like what some of the the like radio people are doing. Um, even a lot of that, I'm seeing a lot more experimentation happening. I'm seeing a lot more um, like less structure driven songs, more like as much as there is like cookie cutter shit, there's also a lot of shit that's like really different. And like, it, like I'm hearing Caroline Polachek at the grocery store and I'm like, whoa, like, like, I think that there's just more interesting music coming into, like, the main consciousness of everybody. And I think it's because 
like, you know, just the nature of being an artist now is so much more entrepreneurial and independent and like everybody has access to whatever music they want at their fingertips with streaming. Um, and so I think that like everyone's tastes are just collectively becoming more eclectic. And I think as a byproduct of that, like power chords and like, you know, all of the things that make pop punk so like delicious and like wonderful that like make people eat it up, right? Um, are the same things that make it derivative and boring. <laughs> yeah, because like at this, like all all the while, like we say, like it's kind of like getting stale. Yeah. I hate to talk about him and give him more press, but like, yeah, you can kind of like credit MGK a little bit. He brought. Mm -hmm. I will still defend that "Tickets to My Downfall" is a good album, and if anybody else made it, that it would be fine. That's great, Bestie. Keep that shit to yourself. I don't fuck with him. <laughs> I, but no, fuck him completely. I still stand by. If fuck it, if Uzi made that album, people would love the shit out of it. I, I can't say I've ever like consciously listened to Uzi. I can't confirm or deny. All I know is when MGK does it, it's kind of ass. Yeah. But like, it's just kind of like that was kind of already coming in. Like when sort of that early 2010s phase of pop punk was like starting to tail off. And then you had like story so far and shit was like starting to kind of drift off a little bit from that too. And then just the general like kind of emo nostalgia was sort of coming back in. And then MGK just kind of took like all of the derivative elements of that and like brought it back. And then kind of as a result, like if you go on TikTok and like look up pop punk, you're going to hear the worst shit you've ever heard in your life. No, definitely. Like the emo nostalgia thing. Yeah. Like, I when I think Neopunk FM made a video about this where they're just talking about like emo night and uh, when we were young fest and like the emo's not dead cruise or whatever. It is just like it's new yacht rock essentially, where it's just another nostalgia circuit thing. Yeah, because like, I will say, I will sorry, say, as as someone actively in a cover band, actively in an emo cover band that like is is intending to pay homage to this scene and to this music that like we all grew up on um it is really disheartening because i can't tell you how many songs we've learned that are classics to us like to kids who like grew up on the shit like you know there's like songs by brand new songs by afi like all these artists that like seriously like paved the way for the music that we see today um and you'll play like you'll play seosin to a full house and people are walking away to the bar. Yeah. And there, it, it, there's so much of like, I, I, I think that Haley Williams and like maybe some other people addressed this at when we were young, but um, the nostalgia is super cool. And like, it's great to be able to like play to packed houses because there's so many people who want to hear this music. But at the same time, you do feel like a little bit of a traitor to yourself and to like the kid that you were in high school, you know, um, it's all the people, all the on. people like going, all the people going to these types of things. And this is somebody who frequents like emo nights mm -hmm. and that's how we met. Often. That's literally how we met. It's how we met. <laughs> literally, it's how I met Dean. Literally, it is 100% for people who like heard Fallout Boy songs on the radio, but were never depressed. Right. Or like, like, you know, like we were just, I don't know, like I just remember being mocked so heavily and so like outcasted by everyone for like being the kid in black t-shirts and like dark makeup. And like, I just always remember 
like it not being okay and it always being like stigmatized and then suddenly like all the normies are like being emo is cool and I'm like really because you guys used to say that we like all self-harmed and you guys used to like make videos mocking us and the music that I we listen to <laughs> yeah like like that that wasn't cool like I remember that I was actually emo back then and it wasn't cool and like was it's just kind of it yeah yeah, it's just kind of it's kind of it's just kind of shitty to um to see it be uh I guess commodified. Yeah, it's and commercialized I when it was like the good. antithesis of commercialization in the first place. This is something I've been thinking about for a minute now because Dean and I we were both at uh the Citizen 10 year anniversary of youth tour and what I loved about that tour specifically is like everybody who was in this is going to get real dark everybody who was in there has had a point where they thought they were not going to make it to the 10-year anniversary yeah. of citizens youth oh that show a, was nuts like I, i'm sorry i don't mean to cut you off but like no, that was the going. loudest i've ever heard like a packed house sing to like every song it was it was nuts i was Man, like that that's all I'll say about like you can tell like a lot of that meant a lot to the people who were there. And I'll compare Absolutely. that to in twenty seventeen, I saw Paramore at Riot Fest. And I remember I was in the back and then I crowd surfed to the front near the end. And I remember I just hear like these thirty year olds just being like, Oh, they're just playing way too much of the new album. And the new album up at that time was After Laughter, which is their still best record the best thing <laughs> they've ever put out. And it's it's their best record. It's all the people. It literally like there's no appreciation for the growth of that kind of stuff for like the growth of the band and because even for this is why this is why is an amazing album. I've that, seen that album. I've seen that out. I've seen them perform on this tour twice. It's it's, it's fucking insane. It's insane. Man. And yeah, like you'll see like people in the comments and they're like, I wish it sounded like Riot. And it's like. You compare Riot to an album like After Laughter or This Is Why, like the musicianship is just night and day. They're like, also you, literally children. <laughs> yes. Look me in my eyes, audience, and audio listeners, listen up. Riot isn't as good as you remember it being. It's right. really fucking good because like Paramore has a flawless discography, but like flawless. it's I can't listen to that without like realizing, yeah, you can tell they were like 17. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like, like here's the thing, because I kind of have like a kind of a complex like feeling on that because like there's a fine line to walk between acknowledging and like paying tribute to the past but also being like hey we can also kind of leave that shit back there to a degree like we can take that and then grow from it but what's happening a lot is people want to like regress to it that's I think where the error is really coming is instead of just you know looking back on it fondly and taking what you can from it people are just like no we just want to go back and I don't fuck with that. Yeah. Yeah, there has to be a place for growth. And also, like, genre is one of those things that's ever-evolving. New genres come up all the time. And as going back to our music, as it relates to our music, I think one of the things that's really cool about us is that all of us collectively listen to so many different things. I mean, like, Dean and I, like, fuck really hard with Ethel Kane. Oh, I love and, it. Like, I love Ethel. And, like, oh. I love boy genius like I love so many artists that aren't even adjacent to what we do 
Um, but I think that that's like listening to more music and listening to different genres is like, and bringing that to like what you do is like one of the coolest things about making your own music. And there are songs on a change in scenery that I would argue change genre <laughs> four or five times yeah. throughout the song because we just don't care. Like we're making music that speaks to us that is reminiscent of things that we love. And, um, and I think it's super genuine. And I think like, as long as you're doing that, fuck yeah. it. Kind of to, to tack onto that, like just from hearing the reactions <clears throat> of people who have heard like the singles I've released and like the people who have heard what has yet to come out, like everyone's like, okay, you can tell that there's like a pop punk center here, but a, most of the people who I've like shown this stuff to, like they can tell like something else is going on there. And like, I think that's kind of like a good summation and kind of what our goal is at the CP. Like it's a pop punk jumping off point, but you could tell there's more big things coming soon big as they say <laughs> big things coming soon stoked to announce <laughs> very excited you were talking about how much you guys all listen to we're gonna get into that in a little bit right after this break that we're gonna take right after this meridia is going to be building their own dream tour stick around we'll be right back Today's episode is sponsored by the Cuddlepunk Podcast Patreon. I've been doing these videos for two years, and while I absolutely love it, I've also never made a dime doing it. If you want to help make sure I can keep making these, then head on over to patreon.com slash the Cuddlepunk Podcast to become a member today. $3 a month gets you a special shout-out in each episode, and $5 a month gets you the shout-out plus access to episodes one day early. Thanks to my current patrons, Susan, Claire, Gail Mack, and Tara Hallett. Once again, that's patreon.com slash the Cuddlepunk Podcast. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Cuddlepunk Podcast. We are still here with Meridia. We were just talking about the varied musical stylings that they all enjoy listening to. And now we're going to get to let know a little bit more about that. Today, we are going to have Meridia build a tour. So what I've had them do is I've had them select a number of bands and I've arranged them all. Uh, from headliner, sub-headliner, mid-tier features and openers. I'm going to have them select one band from each tier, and we are going to build a tour around what we've got so far. I think it would be best if we stuck to the, if we went with the openers first. We have Alasana, Sea Space Cowboy, Emil and the Sniffers, the Dallas Cowboys, and When We Was Kids. Callous Cowboys. <laughs> you said the Dallas Callous Cowboys. I said Dallas Cowboys, didn't I? You, you did say Dallas Cowboys. Dean's what? trying to have the cheerleaders open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what the cheerleaders playing math for. I swear to God, half of, Dean, half of your Twitter is Ethel and the other half is Callous Cowboys at this point. Yeah, I stand the fuck out of them. They're like, they're the best fan I've discovered in years. I fucking, oof. Can't wait to see them in October. Who's jumping out to everybody? Okay, so I know like... PJ and I agree on Alisana. I love Alisana. So, so locked in, booked. Yeah, we'll, we'll go. We'll go Alisana for that. I think, one. I think that'll be the, the easy I one. I will yeah. say. I will say. So, firstly, as far as these selections go, um, when we was kids is an amazing. Oh, they're local awesome! Band. Amazing. I need to talk to them. I saw them. Honestly, you do. 
And he just, I saw them open for uh, Nora Marks on uh, New Year's Day. They were fucking incredible. Yeah, one was there. PJ showed them to me not too long ago. They they're fucking, so stupid they're good. Like, stupid I, I good. didn't realize who they were. Like, I'm friends with, like, the vocalists on Facebook. So, like, PJ mentioned the name. I was like, why does that sound familiar? And then, yeah, just they're, they're fucking insane. He has um, no idea who I am. That's a very Chicago thing is to just, like, be friends with somebody that you completely forgot about on Facebook. And then like, you'll find out that they fronted one of your favorite bands that you've been listening to. For yeah, a if bit. you have like a, an instrument in your profile picture, it just, it happens. <laughs> Going to move on to the features. Now we have law dispute, Ethel Kane, Sayosin, a lot like birds and Seder. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting for Ethel here. I'm fighting. Oh, but you got like a multi-genre type of thing, like but you got Seosin and La Dispute in there. Fuck you guys! You got a lot like birds in there. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. I'm digging Swancore later on, buddy. I'm I'm digging my heels in for Ethel. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm I'm digging my heels in for anything but Ethel. I'm I. How, what are we gonna do about this? You want to flip a coin? I got a pick. You want to flip a pick? I can Peach. pick. I haven't. I didn't say anything I, about the. I can. I, I, can I don't Peach. trust. I don't trust PJ enough. I think. I think V should do this. V's the new. What am I player. gonna do? All right. Why? All right. That's what she'll do. All right. So, All right. hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. All of us like La Dispute. All of us like Seosin. Uh, okay. Shut the fuck up, dude. What? <laughs> Okay, well, I think since all if all of us like La Dispute, right? Not all of us like Ethel Kane. I don't even know who a lot like birds is. I don't know who Sater <laughs> is. I feel like PJ's anger is about to get turned on. I'm just now. saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. So I'm gonna have to say, like, if we're collectively as a band building a tour, it's gonna have to be Sayo Center La Dispute, is what I'm saying. So Ellie is going for La Dispute or Sayosin. Peach is going for A Lot Like Birds. Dean is going for Ethel Kane. Here uh, I will are... for Ethel Kane. I, I will I will move into the Sayosin boat. Okay. Here and that's uh, mm, it's two against that, one. It's but we have to clarify this is Anthony Green Sayosin, not Co of Rever Sayosin. So it's one EP. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's honestly that that's very that's very yeah. brand. That'll get PJ. <laughs> Their yeah. old shit was better. Is it the mixtape that was like recorded in like a garage? That's the one. Even well, if they got a, they got a newer album with Anthony on there. PJ don't care. <laughs> Here's my thing. I personally, just to put my two cents in, because the three of you are gonna have to like set your thing like you three are gonna have the main decision at a cert at the end of the day yeah t girl loyalty is telling me to go for ethel but and this is a fun fact that i will tell you guys i was so sad last year that not only were law dispute my number one artist of last year i was in their top two percent of listeners yeah, that's that's pretty rough yeah you, you told I me that the night we met and i was like i did dog are you okay this yeah. is why this is why i initially said goes back to my original point of why we should all just pick lot of speed because that's a band we actually all really like i would begrudgingly compromise for a lot of speed 
right. Yeah, I, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't have a gavel, but I got a little bit of toilet paper here. So <laughs> good. That's That's shit. <laughs> this might, that might have been the very saddest like selection of bands that we had. I think the rest of them, there are at least some like dancey happy song that, that was that was the prozac and and also also law dispute by virtue of the fact that like lyrically i am so like inspired by jordan's storytelling and his like just like his ability to like paint a picture that's real it's he may oh, be he's the so... very best like pure storyteller oh he's so good working today mid-tier bands we have periphery Counterparts, Stan Atlantic, Story So Far, and specifically the Johnny Craig era of Emerosa is what PJ said, which is I understandable, but still it's a real, a real like brave choice you're making there, Peach. So so here's the part that made me laugh about PJ's choices is that he put pre-Tillian Dance Gavin Dance, <laughs> which means which means Johnny Craig Dance Gavin Dance. And then also Amorosa, Johnny Craig era. So Johnny Craig would be performing two sets. I like all of these bands. The one thing I do really want to get on my high horses about is that the new story so far logo sucks and I hate it. Yeah, it's lame. It's not good. Look at this. This was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that I love rocks. that logo. That rocks way harder. The best logos of the entire 2010s. This was perfect. Why did they change it? Biblically accurate, the story so far. Damn, I'll drink my Baja Blast to that one. Who are we leaning towards? Here? Okay, so here's the thing. Periphery is my favorite band of all time, but I have seen them enough to where I'd be willing to compromise for something else. Like, I I don't really know Emerosa very well, but, like, everyone else I fucked with pretty good. I mean, Counterparts was one of my fucking picks, so, like, I'd probably... Dean, were you at the emo night where the Stand Atlantic just showed up? Yeah. Yeah, Bonnie was there drunk as shit. I didn't even go to the show, but I got to see a very drunk Bonnie request. What did she request? Um, she requested the meme angel? song for oh, all of us. She a... requested fucking Lips of an Angel by Hindu, which Lips was the meme angel. song of that friend yeah. group for that entire winter. That was awesome. That was so fun bragging about that at like the next Meridia practice. That was that ruled. So, but to get back at hand. I love Bonnie. <laughs> I love, like, her, like, she has had a huge, and Haley Williams and Bonnie Frazier both have had a very massive impact on me as a vocalist. I'm sure you can hear that. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> but, okay, I love Periphery. I love Counterparts. I actually love, I really actually love all of these bands. If yeah, I had to one. choose, if I had to knock one off, just on, like, stage performance and, like, show vibes alone, I would probably knock off the story so far. That if we're talking early three. stories so far, if okay, because if you here's the thing I, I'd like to bring up. So if we can single out that era of Amorosa, can we also specify the first two records of story so far? Then we're talking pre, pre, pre kicking off the stage. No, this was. Yeah, I mean, so I, I mean, technically, yeah, because we love that video. Yeah, I mean, we love <laughs> it. great video we, where we nothing wrong happens at all. I mean, we basically <laughs> used that for the fucking reel that we posted today. <laughs> Literally. But Literally. so, I mean, I'm not gonna act like that changes my answer because, like, I'm still gonna pick Periphery and Counterparts over anyone here. I think of the bunch, the band that we probably all would agree on would be Counterparts. I think. Peach doesn't like Periphery. 
I don't think PJ, do you like periphery? I never asked you. I could take them or leave them. I, I just, they're not, uh, yeah, they're, they're banned. Yeah. I think we they, could all agree. I, I think you're right. I think we could all agree on counterparts. I think counterparts sure. would be like the one. I think that's, I think this is the only thing we're going to have a mild level of agreement on. Yeah. We are going with counterparts here, everybody. Alrighty, another this very is a interesting set already. Yeah, this is this That's a really good set. I would see the fuck out of this set. This feels like a stage at Riot Fest. Like just one day, one stage at Riot Fest. We have Boy Genius, Glassjaw, Bring Me the Horizon, Silverstein, and pre-Tillion Dance Gavin Dance. I am a big fan of the Tillion era, but I'm also now not a fan of any era of Dance Gavin Dance. Hey, I fuck heavy with Kurt Travis. Kurt is good. I, Kurt's Kurt, good boy. If we're going based off just like their their little voices, Kurt's my favorite. Their Dance Gavin Dance's discography is cursed in the way of at least pre-Tillion. Their best written two records are the ones that Johnny Craig got. They're they're at a they're at a disadvantage for that for the, for this particular tier. I think, especially considering uh, the bands that have already been booked, I think Silverstein's the most sensible thing there. Really quickly, I'm gonna make a switch because I've realized something has gone terribly wrong. What we're not going to do is pretend that Under Oath is bigger than Bring Me the Horizon. You actually. know that's that's oh. very real. So we're now at Boy Genius, Glassjaw, Under Oath, Silverstein, Dance Gavin Dance. I'm picking okay. Under Oath, and it's not really easy. it's not really hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going it's under. under oath. I mean, Ellie and I met at Under Oath. Okay. Actually. So Glassjaw, Glassjaw so is like one of my favorite fucking bands of all time. Absolutely of all time. Um, but yeah, like if I'm going based off of like if I'm thinking about like our music and I'm thinking about like the people I'm in a band with. I'm going to go with Under Oath or Silver Steel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we're all in agreement on Under Oath. Yeah. Yeah. Again, and Ellie, that's where we, that's where you and I first met. <laughs> Literally, actually. Yeah. yeah. Under Oath, Bad Omens, and Straight from the Path at Radius. And it was supposed was to that? be, it was supposed to be Under Oath, Spirit Box, and Every Time I Die. Yeah. Fucking every Time I Die, too. also another incredible, like, post-hardcore band that fucking. Big rip. Oh, man. Dude, they released their best album of all time. And yeah. they're like, bye, we're done. Oh. Honestly, that was the record that made me like, okay, yeah, this band rules. Well, I already know what the headliner's going to be. I don't even need to. Yeah. We don't even need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we've got like a, we've got a, let's read it out just to be fair to everybody. We have Bring Me the Horizon, Fiona Apple, Avenge Sevenfold, Paramore, and then just My Chemical Romance. Where do we think we're going with these bands that we've already selected? It's My One, Chem. two, three. My, chem- my, my Chemical, chemical Romance. romance. <laughs> How many of y'all were at the absolute disaster that was My Chemical Romance at Riot Fest last Ellie year? Ellie stayed at my house that entire weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was and so it, disappointing. and It, it was wasn't dangerous. It was the fans' fault. Like this was a year after Astroworld. Gerard was in full dad mode. Yeah. He had to stop. First of all, he was just like fucking Audrey Hepburn and bless. Dog bless. Second. Dog bless. Dog bless. Second, why are you making our emo father stop the show after every song? Like, 
Dean and I were talking about it. Like, how many more songs could they have played if they didn't need to stop the show? They could have played times? like probably like two or three more at least. I blame the booking entirely for that because there's yeah. no reason why in the Midwest you could should only have two Michael Romance shows, one of which being at a festival and one of which being in fucking Detroit. Yeah. You, yeah, needed no, a, you needed a Milwaukee show. You needed a and, Minneapolis show. And Riot Fest like way oversold the tickets because of the pandemic. Absolutely. Like it got canceled, and then they just like kept selling tickets. So by the time like everyone was actually there to see Taking Back Sunday and My Chemical Romance, it was yeah. just like hog fucking wild. And literally like we started at one point in the crowd and somehow like got airlifted like to another section like throughout the course of the night like yeah, we were pretty close honestly you don't feel like there's nothing like i've never i've never been to a festival and like genuinely felt unsafe for my life i was about to say it is the first time i've ever felt unsafe at riot i've been going to riot fest since i got here from massachusetts in 2017 it's the only time i've ever felt unsafe at riot fest yep yeah i mean yeah. like the crowd like like that was as as much as like the crowd was dangerous and i despised it and i hate going to festivals i do that again like seven days a week twice on saturday because i just loved Absolutely. my chem that much like my chem like that's that was a dream come true and i'm not letting a fucking you know emo astral world get in the way of that like that was a dream come true they were perfect they were everybody meridia's hottest new tour of 2011 is Alisana, <laughs> Law Dispute, Counterparts, Counterparts Under, Oath, Under Oath, and My Chemical Romance. That's a pretty Meridia. solid fucking festival, honestly. I'd wa- I, do, I would watch the shit out of that tour. I'd this go, I'd follow that tour for years. Meridia, thank you guys so much for being on this, the very first episode of the Cuddlepunk podcast. Where can we find you guys individually and as a band? Um, you can find our band at meridiachicago.com. All of our socials, Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook are all Meridia Chicago. Um, I myself can be found at Ellie fucking Cole on every platform as well. It's like F-C-K-M. Um, you're like Ma- mozzarella on Twitter or something? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> mozzarella on Twitter, but like the That's e. what it is. Yeah, because it's I've my- I've been trying to figure that out for months. Yeah, it's, it's my last name, but cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke I stole from my brother, like, fucking, like, probably like 12 years ago now. Like, he went to, like, here, here's the backstory behind that. Like, he went to, like, a Halloween party in high school or some shit like that, and he just wore, like, a gas station jumper that said Rella on it, and he was like, because we're matzah mozzarella so i've stolen that since then i don't think i've ever told him but yeah so like my my, my tag on twitter is that spelled my last name m-a-t-z-a rella but the the e is a three because someone has the og one i'm just waiting for their inactive account to get deactivated um and then i i think my insta is just being matza but you could also just find me trying to be brendan murphy on the band twitter and i don't use personal socials <laughs> Okay, Paige, it's actually so funny that you said that. Because, yeah. <laughs> because of what I tweeted today. And it was like, hold on, I got to read it now. This is also a good time to mention that, like, me and Ellie make up the Barbenheimer that is the Meridia Twitter. <laughs> so someone tweeted, someone tweeted, Haley, I'm staying off social media, but somehow still know what's being said about Paramore on Twitter, Williams. <laughs> I said... If Meridia Chicago ever makes it big, just know this will be me and Peach. Permits, but we see you. <laughs> yeah, Peach will only make himself known 
on social media when it's something to do with Meridia. Like I've I've never seen him open up Instagram before until we started posting shit. <laughs> and he's yeah. uh, he's unironically unironically the TikTok king. <laughs> Accidentally. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for being here. This has been fantastic. I appreciate it so much. Thank you guys so much. This has been the first episode of the Cuddle Punk Podcast. I will see you guys next time. Mm-hmm. Fucking nailed it. <laughs>